commence primary ignition. This is Star Wars. Look out! You may fire when ready. From Starlight Beacon, I'm Greg Stoneback, and you're listening to Cornwell News, your holiday news show of in-depth coverage for the latest stories from around the galaxy. Now, here news rundown for February 26, 2021. The Starlight Beacon Bulletin. And now, the news. Thank you very much, Grex. Uh, welcome yeah. to another week of Core World News. So happy you're listening to us right now. Uh, all right. Well, let's just jump right into the news. First issue, little controversial, uh, blew the top of my head straight off when I read it. Uh, Grant, you did a little uh, hunting around on IMDb this week. What'd you find? So I was just scrolling around IMDb as I do now and again. And, uh, I just I jumped to Andor and I I was checking out the writers. I knew Tony Gilroy was working on it, and then I saw George's name there. And then obviously, you know, George's George George who? <laughs> yeah, you know, who could you the maker? Hear? The maker himself. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, George Lucas, his name was there, and um, it said two episodes. And then when I looked at the Mandalorian, it said twenty three episodes. And so obviously he's credited in every single episode, but. Just having the two episodes there, and then I think it's changed since then. I think, well, Adam yeah, I think it was a little day. different. So in the Mandalorian, it says like very clearly 23 episodes, character. It's, it says something like inspired by characters. Like it just gives him that credit that you get. Like, like if you watch any episode of like any of the CW comic book stories, or no, if you watch like any of the Marvel series, it says like characters created by Stanley and Jack Kirby, right? Like right. it just says these characters. And Grant, you took a screen grab of the Andor and sent to us earlier this week, and it just said George Lucas two episodes, right. full stop, that he wrote two episodes of Andor. Yeah. And before press, we just double-checked, and now it says something vague where it says characters, comma, two episodes. So it's not in that clear language that it's in in The Mandalorian. You know what? Actually, thinking about it now, like this second, mm-hmm. what if it means characters for all, comma, two episodes? Maybe it's based on characters. Plus, he wrote two episodes. Plus, he wrote two episodes. Yeah, because you would get you would get dual credits. It it gets us thinking about George returning as a creator, like actually uh, returning to filmmaking in in Star Wars and the Star Wars Galaxy. And who else to like? What better partner could you ask for than Tony Gilroy? I mean, the guy's you know a masterclass in writing and you know thrillers and. And just Verte films that just feel gritty and it, it, could, it could really bring new life to Star Wars. So I wouldn't be surprised if George does does come back in some capacity for this show. We know he was on the set of The Mandalorian. We know right. he visited often. So you uh, wouldn't be surprised if George Lucas wrote and, uh, or, and or directed two episodes of Andor of all series. That wouldn't surprise you. I'm just saying I mean, that you said I wouldn't be surprised. Because I would be, <laughs> you would I have guess. to. Yeah. If I woke up tomorrow with my head sewn to the carpet, I wouldn't be more surprised than if he yeah, like wrote two I, episodes of Andor. I know. I feel like I have no joy in my life because Grant wrote that, sent that out. And I think I was doing this. So I didn't have a chance to reply, but I looked at it and went, nope. And then just moved. On. <laughs> but, Cynical but, Adam. I know. But here's the question that I want to ask. And we can kind of wrap around. And, and, and Grant, you were kind of getting at this question is. It's a two-part question. One's a very leading question. Do you think we've seen the last of George Lucas in the Star Wars universe in some creative capacity, writing or directing? I I don't think so because I can't 
I can't believe he won't be there when Hayden and uh, Ewan kind of cross sabers again. Yeah, um, like yeah. he's probably going to be there. Uh, yeah, he choreographed. He was there for all the choreography, like you know, initially. This is a man who created A New Hope and recreated that movie for nearly 50 years, right? Like he redirected, recut, re-edited, re-sound designed, re-edited everything, every different way you possibly could that movie. Like he will not give up on Star Wars. So I feel the same way. Like he's going to be back for something. And then my follow-up question, I think Grant, you might have hit, the nail on the head is like, so if we're not going to see him for Andor, which I think is a safe bet, but we can come back around for that, where if we're going to see him in any of the upcoming shows, writing or directing, what do you think we'd see him in? I think he could direct the the, the final episode of The Mandalorian if they ever wrap. Oh, all, all I the like season. that. Mm. Yeah. I mean, to me, that would be the amount of gravity. To answer your first question, Adam, uh, I definitely think we're going to see Lucas and that's before we heard this. Yeah. But I, I just feel like it's his baby and, um, and he's going to want to play in this universe and there will be a time where it'll be great for that. Uh, that said, super surprised of all the series that they're doing right now. And, or, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, it does make sense. Cause it's the closest timeline wise to a new hope. And maybe he wants to play in that space and, no one yeah. knows his characters as well as George, but um, to me, and I'm just going to go with this. I, I'm going to read that new update as he did all. He's going to do all the characters, obviously, because he created all these characters. And then he's going to actually I, I, I think he's going to do two episodes, man. I think that would be fantastic. Um, right. it, it would surprise. And it also surprises me that it would be this early. I, I would say I was I would, think yeah. he would give it five years, you know, but I mean, it, Star Wars is hot right now. Like it's, yeah. it's still out there. They're growing and they're doing great things and everyone's, you know, and actually people aren't talking about Lucas that much right now. No, and so maybe, no. you know, maybe it's just like he can peek back in and uh, it's going to have massive gravity around it whenever he involves himself again in this. In I, this uh, world. I weirdly feel like you're Luke and I'm Han on the Millennium Falcon in episode four. I'm <laughs> just like, <laughs> like tell you all about like, there's no such listen, thing kid. as before. So yeah, yeah. listen, kid. Um, so no, I agree. I don't think we've seen the last of Lucas. I doubt he's going to show up for Andor because I don't know why he would Right? Like what's his connection? Great. You said something interesting that I want to build off of is like, he's had a chip on his shoulder about the prequels since I don't know, two minutes after the pre- first prequel came out, right? Like, like he's, he's had to kind of go back and do stuff and try to prove it. And there's a part of me that wonders if he doesn't want another bite at the apple at, redeeming quote unquote i don't think they need redemption but redeeming the prequel trilogy and wouldn't him directing hayden christensen oh. give him something like i almost see him maybe i know I we know jay so chow is like maybe he just wants to be like i want you mcgregor and i want hayden christensen again like give me that one episode i had an idea for how they would fight do you guys have <laughs> any ideas for how the, I am stumped like on how this those characters. Are we we came up with a good idea, I think, on this show uh, months and months ago, but we had figured out a way where there could be a Vader uh, Obi Wan mm. interaction without um, without doing it. But I forget what it is now. So Grant, I, I have please. a wild idea. It's okay. wild though. Nice. What <laughs> if what if Obi Wan goes on like a spirit? quest into the desert and like makes a fire you know like a fire to keep warm 
Then the fire goes out and like a charred Anakin like crawls out of it and they fight. I that, that'd be like something. in his in his mind. It's like a dream. Or... It's like a force yeah. dream. Or, That's I mean... the only way I can see them. Oh, like a force dream. Okay, I like that. And he's I like in... that a lot. Like it's the cave, but it's out in the middle of the desert. And it gives you yeah. that. It gives you that. It gives you cover where he can be like, "Did that actually happen?" Right? Yeah. And <laughs> I, I like that a lot because a, I don't know how to say this. This is going to be a weird sentence. And I never thought I would say. I'm less interested in seeing Hayden Christensen in the Darth Vader suit, and I more want to see Hayden Christensen as Anakin, right? Like, yeah. because to me, you can get anyone to go in that suit. Not anyone, but you don't need Hayden yeah. Christensen in that suit, right? Um, and so I hope we get some Hayden Christensen as Anakin or Darth Vader pre-suit, which is about 15 minutes of time that you could possibly do that, but there's something there. So I like this Grant's idea of maybe we do get this Force connection. I mean, everyone really hates the term for Skyping, but we've seen it in the, in the sequel trilogies. Yeah. We also see them. We actually saw the dyad fighting and there's no reason to say that that's only a, that it's only dyads that can do that or B that Anakin and Obi-Wan weren't just another dyad in the force. Yeah. Which I think we discussed that possibility in the past. Yeah. Like I mean, if you're going to introduce dyads, there's dyads everywhere in star Wars. Yeah. Technically. And that would definitely be one but, of them. I love I, this. I like George, I could see George being there for that reunion of those. Oh. two actors. So yeah. when you ask me if he's done with Star Wars, I say no. I think he's very much involved with at with specific, um, you know, shoot days. Like he'll be coming to set on specific yeah. shoot days that involves, and then he might have some input. Honestly, or does something he take might. The well, I know I in mean, Solo, that, that's, he that's on Solo he came and he directed there. a day of Solo on Solo. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He was like, no, Han wouldn't do that. He would do this. Yeah, he, would just, he would let the cape fall on the ground. Exactly. Yeah, just let it fall. It, it is a it's a it's a super Han move. But that's the thing. Like, was it Sin City, where like all the movie was all, the whole entire movie is Robert Rodriguez, but Quentin Tarantino did one scene that he directed. It's scene in a car, where there's like a person coming back as a zombie. So part of me is like maybe Deborah Chow, he's on set and he's and she's just like George, or they just arrange it where like you take this scene, like we're gonna move back, you direct the Hayden Christensen, yeah, Hugh McGregor, Obi Wan, Anakin reunion scene. Right. I would bet a lot of credits that um, he will at least be on set. Oh, yeah. When those two meet um, yeah. in Obi-Wan, uh, you know, and then like you said, Grant, I mean, he's done that for Mandalorian. He's done for a bunch. And I mean, that's sort of casual, mostly uncredited Lucas. But I want some credited. Yeah, <laughs> I want to see writer credit, director credit, like yeah. episodes like that's marquee stuff that yeah. i mean that that's something that's an easy fan tsunami it's just, you it's know just directed by deborah chow special guest director george lucas sure Hello. sure um that'd be great um in other news uh i believe it was comicbook.com caught up with uh, katie sackoff uh discussing her role in the mandalorian and she says uh no, I have no idea when Bo-Katan is coming back, said Sakov. Lies, deception, lies. And, and the one thing I do know is that one of the best work things that Dave Filoni ever did back in the day was give me his phone number. Um, which is, I don't know why I gave her, her his phone number, but like, sure. Yeah. Um, so that means she reached out to him and then he had her in mind for this uh, Bo-Katan role, but that she's yeah. flipped in. 
Um, I'd love to know how it is she ended up where she's at right now because of where she started. And I'd love to talk to him about the missing pieces and where she is. So it, yeah, no. because I, in my head canon, Bo-Katan is a central figure yeah. in season three. I don't see it going any other way, right? Like the dark saber has to take the front stage of that. Right. We know Bo-Katan wants it. I mean, here's the thing around the time, if not exactly at the time she was shooting season two of the Mandalorian, she was on the podcast fat man beyond with Mark Bedardent, where they spent a large part of the episode because they just cover like geek news every, every week talking about the Mandalorian. And I've gone back and listened to that episode since then. I have always thought she's a good actor, but man, she's amazing when you listen to that episode because she plays it like you would have no idea no that she idea. was at that moment. She's able to talk about it, be actually somewhat critical of the show, not a bad way, but talk about like what works, doesn't work while she was probably like later that day going to set to going shoot that. to set to shoot that. Yeah, I've wow. never seen an actor so deftly like 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 this this week, uh, Tom Holland was on whatever show lying through his teeth about the fact that the other Peter Parkers from all the other Spider-Man movies aren't showing from the next Spider-Man. And it was the least believable piece of acting I've ever seen in my life. But like <laughs> so I've seen plenty of actors lie about things <laughs> where they're pretty obvious. But I I don't buy it for a second. I can't imagine that season without that character. I mean, all I right. could for for conversation's sake. Let's imagine it without her. All right. I knew you were going to put me in that in that I, second. I said, I'm like, here it comes. <laughs> here it comes. Right. Because like, that's what this quote made me think. And I was like, whoa, like what? Because. All right. So for people that are this is the first time you're listening to this podcast. Welcome. Um, we I don't know. There's there's kind of this headcanon that we think in season three, I think anyways, that they're going yeah, to it's going to involve Mandalore and it's going to involve the Darksaber which is was picked up in the last episode, right, by the Mandalorian. And this conflict between Bo-Katan, who wants that Darksaber because she believes she's the heir apparent to Mandalore's leadership, and yep. the Mandalorian who's holding it, who by rights owns it and by right is the leader of Mandalore, which is a wild way to end season two. That's a huge thing. I didn't think they get there till much later. No. I mean, so I, I don't know how you go. You don't go back to that. But for the sake of it, let's let's imagine he's just like, all right, now he has the Darksaber. And, well, and Okatan goes into exile somewhere. What happens next? I mean, so you have two. I'm going to get to it. But you have two MacGuffins in the show through the first two seasons, which is the child and the Darksaber. Those are your two MacGuffins. Right. He's not following the child. I don't think because yeah. that would just be weird. That's out like of, that's gonna, yeah. It's going to come back around, story. but for now, so, so season two, I mean, season three has to result, revolve around the dark saber. So I, I don't, I guess like, so maybe, maybe what's happening is that she doesn't know that she's in this show because maybe she's not in this show until much later in season three. So she hasn't gotten the call yet. So right, you, like, but they don't. They usually do all the like production, in person production, and then they do all the post production for all the episodes. Or is it rolling? Grant, you'd know. Oh yeah, post comes after, obviously. Post. Like, so do they do all the shooting for all the episodes first, and then they do all the post? Yes. Okay. Well, the then in that started, case, oh, well, I mean, not episode eight might be sh being shot during. Post is it, happening simultaneously right. with Mando because the background backgrounds are caught. Yeah. Right. Right. The camera. Okay. But okay. They so it's started. Then. They okay. haven't even started shooting yeah. the season yet. 
the the thing is though i can't imagine why would she be in later episodes you know well, like, i don't know because be you made me answer this question because i think she's going to be in episode one if i really had the same right. <laughs> yeah i would too grant yeah. imagine a mandalorian without bo katan in the first episode or without in season three because sackoff is saying she's not she's not in this in season three so what would mandalorian look like without bo katan it, it's going to go back to what it was in the first place, which is just a lone gunslinger. Oh, interesting. So maybe we get like a reset season. So yeah, he just ignores the fact that he has the dark saber. That's just another weapon in his tool belt, and he needs a I ship. I think it's like hidden on his ship or something, where it's like he like <laughs> is afraid to look upon it, like the One Ring or something. So, oh, oh, all right, I love that. I love it, but just like so, just like Boba Fett, all Bo-Katan has to do is wait for him to park. He'll leave his ship unlocked, and then she can just walk in and take the lightsaber. But she's too honorable. Dark, dark saber. Do I know. Yeah, she's it's way true. too honorable. He he gave it to her. He was going to hand it to her, and she was like, "I think nah. she she I think she, I think we're meant to believe that she had this inkling that he might be the Mandalore, and she yeah. and like I don't know. I, but yeah. then again, she would be great a great Mandalore as well. Uh, obviously, she's led her people time and time again. But the thing is, though, Grant. She yeah. wasn't a good man. She had but her shot. He took care of that baby and did such a good job. I think I think she's scared of him. Like she's tough, but like I think I think Mando has done enough in her presence, Dinjarin, to be like, right. you know what? I I don't. I'm not feeling 100. percent This guy's a survivor. Another thing and, is, if they ever do Mandalore in live action, he's gonna move and act like Dinjarin. Like it's. That's yeah. just how you do that character. He's flawless. He's like a flawless yeah. warrior. I, I would love it to go in that direction. And it'd be funny if they did it. Not funny. It would be interesting um, and exciting if they did it sooner than later. Suddenly he's the imagine he becomes a Mandalore in season three. And then like then he has this whole other. I feel like that's your role. gateway to the past. I think people are talking about how we get back and how we do it mm-hmm. like, organically. Yeah. Right. What if you do a Mandalore and then you do like a strange like super prequel where it's like a Mandalore from 5,000 years ago and then you start breaking out into the galaxy a little bit to show the Sith Empire and the, the Jedi and where they're at in that time and then you can get to an old, old Republic. Wait, so you, are you saying a flashback like that or just like, yeah, like, a, like strange, a, a strange one-off season that's like at the end of oh. the Mandalorian where it's Din's journey ends and then you do a sort of like you know, you go back 5,000 years and do that Mandalore. Well, I was thinking like- about Okay, you go first, Grant. Uh, well, I was just going to say, I mean, Disney Plus will play around with series lengths. I mean, WandaVision's been nine episodes. Andor's going to be 12 episodes. So you could do these little, like, mini-series things, right? That are just these, like, you don't need eight episodes. Maybe you need that would four. Be awesome. Maybe you just need a movie, right? Like, just, I'd love that. Yeah. I mean, I would love a flashback season. That would be amazing. My thought was, like, what if, He's not ready for Mandalore. He needs to like learn what that even means. And and he's feeling some guilt. So he goes back to the armorer and she opens up this world of history to him and like takes him into the inner sanctum of like his sect of Mandalorians. And he sort of for a season trains under them. And yeah. then he by the end of the season, he actually claims the throne of Mandalore. He's forced into it because reasons or whatever. I mean, the first two seasons are quests, right? Every season is a quest, which revolves him to be planet jumping and looking for things. Yeah. So maybe, right, maybe the armor sends him on a quest to find the history of Manlore, right? Like yeah. he has to go and find, like maybe we get tomb raiding going on in this. Wait, doesn't, season. wouldn't it be interesting for the armor to behold the Darksaber and maybe like do something yes. with it? 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what I, I mean. It. Like, how great would it be if he's like, I got to go talk to her or find her? Like, that's his next, yeah. his first mission, season three. It's like, ah, oh, the Darksaber. Like, yeah. <laughs> I've studied I, it. <laughs> I bet she'd lose her mind. She'd be like, you're the leader of Mandalore. We must I feel like she's you. seen it before. I feel like it's an old hat oh. to her. <laughs> well, oh, she's like, oh, that. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, oh, it's back. It's like grandma's <laughs> lamps. It's like they just keep turning up. So I will uh, remind everyone that's played by Emily Swallow, who plays the so armor, good. So good. who is going to be at Rhode Island Comic Con in November. And we should oh. be probably OK to go to uh, Comic Con by that point. She'll be pre she'll probably have taped her role, but it will not have come out so we can go uh, bug her. <laughs> yeah let's see if we can get something out she's of she's top on the priority list and just be yeah. like so been in any new episodes lately yeah yeah, that would be so fun that would be so fun she has the coolest helmet too i mean yeah, on, yes that armor. it's oh. amazing she's already a like cult fa- fan favorite online yeah. like yeah. i've seen so many art projects i always follow like the cost the star wars cosplayers and um the lightsaber subs and all that stuff and there's so many people that have made their own armor or helmets mm-hmm. um and have them in their houses and that's, awesome. that's cool man that's a, it's she's got a great story and i can't wait to um hear more about it all right um another thing that happened is republic commando is uh yeah. the video game from long ago is being reissued on nintendo and ps4 Nintendo Switch and PS4, uh, and that's coming out April 6th. Either yeah. of you two play the Republic Commando oh, game? I oh, yeah, I, I did. That game. I loved it. It's a good You guys talk about it because I missed it. It looks I, it has like, one of the best endings amazing. for any of the Star Wars games I've ever yeah. played. It has a it's... great ending. Uh, I mean, it, I guess it's kind of expected if you're a Star Wars fan, but um... yeah, but still, no, it's so good. And that mission, I always think back to the mission, was it, was it on Trendosha? But yeah. it's like all this, I love that mission. I still yeah. think about it. anytime I hear that game and it's coming out, I think on Switch and PS4 and I'll definitely be downloading it for one or the other. Probably my Switch, because honestly, that's my my only chance to actually play games is two oh, seconds totally. on my handheld. Yeah, I mean, Switch. you fight you go from like Genosis to uh, yep. like Kashyyyk, you know, you go yeah. throughout the galaxy yeah. and fight and you fight battle yeah. droids and Trandoshans and it's awesome. Yeah, it looks amazing. I I mean, I'm on the Battlefront 2 sub and like people are always I mean, they put the commandos in the game because the fan base was so vocal and adamant about that section of yeah. commandos of, you know, clone troopers. Um, and yeah, so like they went nuts. So I, I'm excited to see what all the fuss was about. Um, but then looking at the gameplay, it looks I mean, graphics aren't terrible and it looks like the gameplay mechanics are cool. There's all these awesome weapons that you use that are situational and you're working yeah. as a team and um, yeah. the, the trooper like armor designs are really cool. And yeah, I'm I def- remember it. It was pretty ahead of its time in terms of like you're actually commanding your other troop, like you're actually like setting up thoughts about who's going to be doing what. And and so it's it's really interactive. And I always like to remind people that that game Karen Travers, is that her name? Karen Travis. Travis. I always say Travers. Travis wrote like because every Star Wars video game has a companion book. Yeah. And she wrote that one, which is great to so good that it actually led to its own series of books, which were really, really good. So if you like the game, go back and reread her series. It's so good. Yeah, definitely. She did the Boba Fett books as well. Yeah, she did. Yeah, she writes a lot of it. Well, she was the old keeper 
of Mandalorian mythos before it was rewritten for by uh, Filoni. I know she is, you know, if I had to put real money on what the next like old canon writer would be to be folded back in, she would be at the top of the list. I hope so. I love those books. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and a, a lot of people do. They were yeah. stoked on those. So um, that'd be cool. I mean, the more interesting thing to me as a game fan and like what my own ideology is, is I think Lucasfilm finally gets Star Wars games. Yeah, I think they, they finally get it's like, you know what? We can print money if we just put games out. Yeah. And and I'm not arguing for low quality games. I'm just saying like honestly quantity might be better than quality in when it comes to Star Wars games yeah. because you know it's like it, it's a great opportunity for them to to take up and coming game designers that have a neat idea and let them do a Star Wars game around it even if it's not the most refined AAA yeah. experience like because Star Wars fans for whatever reason they love Star Wars so much that they are willing to play these games and they instantly drive some sort of um you know, relationship with these games and, and, and they, they love them for time on end. I mean, the, the Lucas film games was like, they were kind of spotty. They always felt a little yeah. bit behind the times. They were never quite there. You know, yeah. the Jedi Academy series like should have been amazing. And there were some parts of it, which were really great, but it, it they had their own met, you know, mechanics and the telemetry was always a little weird compared to other games and, you know, Whatever, but like people adored all those games, the Rogue One you know, or the Rogue Squadron games, which they've obviously already capitalized on. So this is just a sign to me that they're like, you know what? This is a great game that people love. Let's just put it out. That's Let's what I love is that while they're waiting for the new generation of games to come out, it feels like every couple of months they refresh an old title and release it yeah. like they did it with uh, the Pod Racer game a few months back. Yes, and I did yes. it with this. And so. There, and they have a deep catalog of games that were good and I think fun. Like, especially if you're paying 20 bucks, you're playing on your Switch or whatever, you know, it's just a great thing to play through. Yeah. And it's just, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to definitely get that one for PS4 and give it a, give it a run. Yeah. Kotor Remastered would make a lot of people. Happy. Yeah. Like, I don't right. know why they like have high that. fidelity, like, like, yeah. You know, yeah. If they put that out for console, I'd play it. I'm, I guess, I don't know if I'm a minority or not, but I, I just, I don't sit at my computer and play games. Um, and, you know, I, I just like console games better. So if, if oh. it was there, I would go through the whole shebang. And they could. I mean, that's how I played it the first time through on uh, PlayStation, right? Like, that's the way to play it, it's the way I played it. And they have a version on the iPad, but I just don't. It just I just can't get into It's not the same thing as a, like constantly yeah. hitting the screen and trying to figure out how to work through it. Like, no, I, I'm with you, Ben. I just want a controller in front of me. Yeah, let's I want to go there. I want to be in that world. Yeah um so that's fantastic um yeah last note um that was news to me i think they just released some release dates and uh bad batch is coming out on may the 4th be with you on star wars day um which is cool yeah very excited i'm excited to see that show because there's a lot of question marks like when when you just look at the concept when i just look at the concept i'll say that not you i I don't see a lot of show there. Like, you know, we've, we've right. talked about bad batch before and a lot of fun directions it could go in, but it's just like, it's like, all right, so here's this random rad tag squad post order 66. Yeah. Um, what are they doing even like I, 
you know, I mean, well, also break they, from the empire. I hope, right? I mean, like, I think yeah. you have to have them, right? Like, I that's think, yeah. Be, yeah. Actually, you know, yeah. I mean, they're obviously fighting, or well, not obviously, but hopefully they're fighting the empire. Like, they're smart enough to real. Like, I mean, it'd be a weird show if they're fighting the Jedi. <laughs> like, wow, I guess we fight the Jedi now. That would be a right. weird uh, trajectory for them to take, but possible. Yeah. But if they, it, if they went, went into the, you know, that, I mean, maybe they're going to farm out all these other possible stories because they're going to, they could save Grogu. They could save, <laughs> like, they could save any number of Jedi, Cal Kestis, you know, they could be involved in that and, and sort of be like, okay, these guys alone were responsible for saving all these possible future stories. Um, yeah, I mean, to be it's... fun to follow. It is really interesting because we have like people like Commander Cody and all these people that we were introduced to, right? That that yeah. when Order 66 went through, like the question is, did that order rewrite their brain or did it just flick a switch where they're still who they are? They still have their honor. They just now see the Jedi as enemies, right? Which makes them such yeah. weirdly compelling and complex characters because they're the most tragic characters in, yeah, Wars. in a lot of ways. They are. Yeah. It might just be like a war film though you know what i mean they just follow yeah. this 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 squad as they travel across the galaxy and take part in all these different skirmishes and then maybe some of the most climactic stuff is yes there's a jedi around this area and you guys need to take him out and then then there's conflicted feelings like what do we do because you know we don't want to hurt the jedi because i i don't think they've when or when when um order 66 happened i don't think they were affected right like weren't we they... don't see them as i remember right because they take off with uh is it fives yeah yeah fives goes with them yeah and i think that happens before the last chapter of the clone wars with ahsoka so i don't think we know what's yeah, happening it's, it's season seven it's the first it was yeah, one, i think the it was like arc. the middle arc yeah of season seven they so we don't know what happened to them when Order 66. But my guess is because they were mutants, quote unquote, that they probably didn't get the chips put in their brain. Right. That's what I'm thinking, too. I'm thinking. Yeah. 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 Either that or the chips or. Yeah. They either weren't put in or there's uh, the their chip. mutations sort of made them immune to the frequency. Yeah. Or whatever. And uh, uh, yeah, the was... early trailer footage looks like it starts on Coruscant, which is awesome. Like yeah. I, they're going to be in the city, which is kind of yeah. which is why we, we get some Tarkin. That'll be interesting to see. Yeah, yeah. yeah always, always interesting to see what Tarkin's up to. Yeah, I mean, I feel bad for the like just Mandalorian fans. Like bad, bad. Like everything Star Wars, but that it's if you really love Star Wars and the things that make Star Wars Star Wars, like all the stuff they're doing is really quality. It's really exciting. It's it's really engaging and fun. And I think Bad Batch is. I don't know. I'm stoked. It's going to be great. It's going to be great to talk about it uh, on a yeah. weekly basis and um, and uh, experience and go through all that stuff. Excited for new content, but I'm like, yeah, I agree with you, Ben. If you like The Mandalorian, that means you like Star Wars because that show is very much Star <laughs> Wars. Yeah. So you should probably watch it all. You'll enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah, Bad Batch is really, it's a great ensemble cast. It's like a classic Western you know, it's a it's a seven samurai, but there's six of them. I think they'll probably add a seventh though. Just probably, for, yeah. You know, there'll be another a new character next season, hopefully a female. And uh, yeah, all right, um, awesome. That was the news.
All right, welcome to Starlight Beacon Bulletin, where we break down everything going on in the High Republic. Uh, so we've talked about all the books that have come out. We've talked about High Republic comic number one, but we're a little backed up. So we're going to talk about a couple of comics and a short story that have come out in the past few weeks and get everyone up to speed. So we have the High Republic number two, which is the Marvel Comics uh, main run. We have the Higher Public Adventures number one, which is the young adult comic, though we'll talk about how young that comic actually is. Um, That's released on IDW. On right. IDW. And we'll talk about uh, the second uh, short story in the Star Wars Insider magazine by Charles Sewell. So that's what we'll cover tonight or today or tomorrow or this morning, whenever you're listening to this. <laughs> And we're extremely lucky because all three of these stories were phenomenal. Yeah. 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 I mean, not to get too far ahead, but like what hasn't been phenomenal so far and what they've right. released in the High Republic. Right. I, I am just so impressed with everything. It's a super high bar with this whole yeah. era right now. And uh, nothing's letting me down. I'm eating up everything from this era. It's it's so fresh and new. It, they're they're doing all the things. Yeah. It's it's definitely fun to uh, to dig in yeah. on. Yeah. So let's dive into it. Let's talk about the High Republic number two. Uh, Marvel Comics, There Is No Fear, Chapter 2, Tomb in Space. <laughs> space, 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 space. By Scott uh, Andito, Morales, Leone, uh, Mayer, and Noto. Nice. Yeah, again, Kevin Scott writing an absolute masterpiece of a comic. Uh, the yeah. internal monologue, like Keith Trennis' yeah. internal monologue might yes. be my favorite internal monologue in any star Wars comic. And that was just this issue. So I'm excited to see where, where this character goes uh, going forward. But um, man, love all the characters. I love just the pacing, like the start yeah. of this comic. And then yeah. reading through it, the pacing was phenomenal. Um, we get to, it's, we get to some pretty, we get to a pretty ghastly scene in this, yeah. in this yeah. issue. Like we get to an abandoned kind of like, we get this wreckage, Right there on like the galactic mm -hmm. frontier, and we're with Skier, Keith Trennis, and Sarah and Tarek. Yeah, yeah. Sarah and Tarek. Yeah, we'll talk about like, them a bit, I'm sure. Their names are just reversed, they have each mm -hmm. you know, it's interesting. How um, and I guess they're one mind, they also operate yeah. as sort of one uh being, which is pretty interesting. Especially um, since they do separate missions, like missions apart from each other, which seems. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and then sadly, they then sadly they're just prone to injury and getting lost. Which yeah, and bad. feeling each other's injury and loss yeah. when that happens. <laughs> it's it's a it's an interesting way to be, especially a Jedi, because I have a feeling these characters would be connected without the Force, but then you have a, like double connection. Yeah, wins and having one mind and then being Force sensitive. It seems like they're prone to um, devastation. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, Yoda They're was like, I don't know, everything looks gr great here. Let's make them Jedi Knights. What could possibly go wrong? Right. Um, I just, it's, I, Grant, I, I, you're just right on. Like, I'm trying to say what I'm trying to say, and I can't really say it, but, like, it's just so good. It's just, these characters are creative in a way that I just love. It's It reminds me of Afra in the way that, like, these are whole new cloth characters. It just works so well. And I love how obscured the Nile feel in this issue. Um, you know, in the Sewell novel, we get these in-depth chapters in no space with the Nile. We really get their point of view. 
and it kind of breaks down the threat in a way that we can understand them. But in this comic, they he kind of teases us into the Nile in the perfect way. We see the the aftermath of a, of a slaughter, basically. Yeah, and it's like just a bullet riddled hut and like Gamorrean and it's right. just filled with poison a gas. gnarly scene. Yeah. And uh, the Jedi are investigating this and like trauma is a, a central theme in this, in right. this comic. Dude, uh, Trump and this, has been in everything so far. Yeah, yeah. And so like you think about how like grim this, this content is, but then you're like, this is what Jedi had to deal with. This is, this is what's causing them to break. This is what's causing them to leave the order. This is what's causing them to question the doctrine. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's fascinating, and I'm excited with. I'm. This is what I think the through line is with the High Republic is the dark side in the yeah. Jedi. I think that's what they're afraid of. You know, yeah. I mean, this really ties back into spaghetti westerns and stuff too, because this would happen. You'd get these dark, terrible, gut wrenching scenes that would be the the impetus for your heroes. Um, I mean, there's there's a lot of spaghetti western in, in you know in these stories. I think they're still staying true to everything that, like, you know, influenced Lucas in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, agreed. That's that's where we are, right? We we did our Alien Worlds uh, special last week, and we talked about the Outer Rim, right? And we see it in here's and there's, but you're right, Ben. When we see it in the movies, it's very spaghetti Western, right? Like, you get a Western flavor. It's interesting. We didn't really talk about it last week, but you can almost look at, like, film genre based on what part of the galaxy you're in. And the Outer Rim yeah. is, is Western. I feel like right. it might be the tone of this whole era, you mm-hmm. know, because it's yeah. expansionist, it, you know. The first yeah, slug line of this comic is the galactic frontier. And the right. ship yeah. just is flying through hyperspace. I mean, so, Ben, I feel bad. I guess everyone get out there, you know, Corwell News bingo board, and I'm going to mention the gunslinger in the Dark Tower. <laughs> but we have we have knights, we have like knights of Arthur, yeah, in old west settings, <laughs> right? I mean, it's like, right? come like, on, is yeah. that just the Dark Tower? Oh, well, that Amanda, they're they actually using, the using lasers and make like right three daggers and then have like a round table of Mandos, yeah. Um. It's like, I just, I, I'm not, I love books. I am a voracious reader, but I'm not a visual reader, which I think we've talked about this before. Like I read and I, I, I take it in and I understand what's happening and I get the plot points, but I don't visualize, like I don't see what's happening in front of me. I'm just not that type of reader. Um, which is why I love comics because comics take that all out of my head. Like just show me what's going on. And so I love the fact that they're doing the comics because you get to see this and Grant, you mentioned this, but like just seeing the gas filled room and the and the laser ridden hut, like yeah. helped me reflect back on the light of the Jedi book to realize like how horrible these situations we saw written about were visually. Yeah, I mean, I had, you know, in my mind, a, a visual thing through light of the Jedi and um, and just in Ireland's book, which is escaping me right now, uh, Darkness Rising. Now, uh, into the dark, into uh, the dark, test Thank of you. courage. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Well, body yeah. Grade. And then test of courage too. I mean, but like, uh, so all three of those books, I had something in my head. And so that's what was so great about seeing these comics finally, but, um, it's not far off. I mean, they're amazing authors and they, I think they do great descriptors. Um, but it's really fun to feel the Nile to see them. Yeah. To, yeah have this new connection to them and and like what they look like because they are terrifying they're they're a good 
they're a good antagonist, I think, yeah. you know, because they believe in nothing, Lebowski. They, you know, they're just like, <laughs> like, I don't know. It's like, well, if you're going to kill me, I'm going to destroy everyone and kill the station. Like, I'll do whatever I have to do. Right. And I think yep. it's in this issue that later on, I think, uh, obviously, Skier is like out yeah. for the Nile, like bloodlust to just take out Nile after, yeah. you know, the Battle of Kerr and his yeah. mom. And, and oh, yeah. He was triggered. Molly and Skier all that was stuff. triggered. He here is just going off in this issue. And he, um, let's not hold on. Let's pause about going off for a second because he bisects a Nile <laughs> and then slices and dices. Like there's there's a couple of panels yeah. where you see him a cut a Nile in half through the torso. And then there's like three panels where you just hear slick, slick, slick is, just, is the is murdering reading? Nile. And you see With pieces the of the Nile flying around. Yeah, he's just like, chopping him up. It's like it's like he he looks it's like an onion like he looks the Nile like an onion. Yeah, I mean he's a Trandoshan, you know. Like, is that dark side or is that just following your instincts? I don't know. They're kind of ferocious. Trandoshans are kind of like ferocious. Totally ferocious. Yeah, they're like dinosaurs. They're like kind of like dinosaurs. Yeah, it's like Velociraptor Jedi. (laughs) What do you want? He's like he's not going to be snuggling the Nile. Yeah. But yeah, that is overboard. He goes overboard. And that actually gets to like a really interesting theme, I feel like. Yeah. We're talking about the 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 scene, the the crime scene or, or the kind of the aftermath of the attack or and how gory it is with the hut and all the, you know, the bodies and things like that. And like the Nile did this. The Nile are the perpetrators of they know this, and the Nile are brutal. They're brutal. And also they're just they're yeah, like you know, they believe in nothing, you know, and so yeah. <laughs> I they feel like nothing. Uh, it must be exhausting. <laughs> I feel yeah. like uh um I I feel like that then that that goes to the point of trauma, right? Like we know like Skier is feeling like like traumatized from the Battle of the Kerr, and then now we come across the Nile, he's he's further traumatized. Yeah. And then Avar Chris is like, do you don't demonize these any any living being like it, you know it's not the jedi way and there's this kind of like dissonance i feel like that's like you can't you can't be perfect you can't follow that that decree it's just like it's impossible i mean i, I want to take like, it as yeah sorry you can't yeah. deal with all this trauma and then not demonize the thing that's bringing you this trauma it's almost like a an impossible principle yeah, I want to take it a step further. I mean, I think that's what this is. It's like in, yeah. you know, Wonderland where everything's great and, you know, Jedi rule the world. and There's no existential threats and like, you know, you're expanding and everything's happy. It's easy to be a Jedi. But now when they're confronted with pure terror and terrorism and chaos, I think that's going to bring about a bunch of dark side defections and this like wave of the dark side sort of cresting on you know starlight beacon and all of these yeah. jedi and what effect does that have and uh, we've already seen it in um oh not what, what was the tales of courage <laughs> um and um right and um i mean all the books really we've seen some yeah. of these like rising things. shadow it's rising it's the, shadow they're all so all the all the the book names are about light and dark. <laughs> right. <laughs> so like, uh, it's a little hard. 
They're all really great. We love them. The dark. We also, the next book, I think, is written by Kevin Scott, and it's The Rising Storm. Is that what it's yes, called? Yes, that is the next one in the, in the um, Into the Dark. And that could very well deal with like the fall of Loden, Great Storm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I hope so, yeah. What that could mean. Right. <laughs> which is I also, yeah. a rampage, I imagine. Maybe. And I wonder how many of these people or these Jedi are, are going to follow the dark side or just fall away. Meaning that maybe they get to the point of just like, I was taught this, I learned this, I just can't follow this doctrine anymore. And I'm not, it doesn't mean I'm going to go out and become a Sith and use lightning on everyone, but maybe I just need to walk away from the Order. Maybe they're going to pull an Ahsoka. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, we've, we've seen so many examples of it so far. It's fascinating, and I hope they just go there. Just go there. Yeah, me too. It's it's. I just can't wait. And I, yeah, it just Skier's a great character. They're all great. Great, great names for planets too, like yeah. Sedri Minor. I'm yeah. I'm a, like uh, the Kazoon system. Like I'm here. I'm here for that. Like the names are great. <laughs> so my last question is: Do we think we get to see Baby Arm Skier next issue? Because <laughs> I'm waiting for it. He's, 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 I don't know. It looks like there's a, there's a comic book cover where uh, I don't know if it's spoiler or not, but it's um, well, we know it covers lot. Got me so thinking that yeah, Skier may meet you know uh, his end quite possibly. Maybe it might be a lie as well. You know, it's a lie. Book. Covers lie. Yeah, <laughs> that's what's so fun about this. It's like we don't know. I mean, yeah. Skier is a tantalizing character, yeah. and it would be a bummer to lose him. But hey, let's let's get weird. You know, yeah. Well, I mean, if you got the loose thread of Skier kind of like raging out, and then you also have loading Gravestorm, you know, there's kind of too much overlap there. I think one has to go, and like right. you just have this one Hulk level threat that's basically a Jedi harnessed by the Nile. I mean, I'd yeah. like to see it across places, though. Even Imri to like still have his problems with the dark side now that he's sort of been there and been like, I don't know. And then who was the other? Um... The guy from that was already dabbling was just like, you know what? The, the, yeah, for Reeve Trennis? No, Keith Trennis? No, Reith. Reith's new Reith, master. Reith Silas. Oh, right. Reith Silas's master, um, Vitus, mm-hmm. he was already dabbling in the dark side. He was like, you know, like he was, it was almost verbatim the opera scene, right? He was just like, you know, we don't learn about the dark side at all. How do we know? And right. um, he's like, we don't know all the things. And it's it's wrong to keep ourselves from that. Like, so he's on his own trajectory as well. Like, I hope they are, you know, they're all sort of dealing with it. Because um, I think they're all going, they're embracing the dark side in different ways and doing interesting things with it. Um, I don't know. That would be fun to like, yeah. you know, add some dimension to the dark side. It's not just like white hats, black hats and. And it'll really explore like what it means to follow the dark side and why there is no such thing as a gray Jedi. I think that's where it's going to go. It's just like, you know, either you choose to be good or you choose to be bad. And, you know, right. Or you choose to shut yourself off in the force. Because I wonder if part of this is like I I can't trust myself. Like, I wonder if they see this and they just know that under this true test, they're not truly a Jedi. Right. Like, as we were saying, it's easy to be the virtue and good and peaceful when there's nothing pushing them. And maybe them start, some of them start to realize that they've never been tested and now they're being tested. They can't, they see that they can't keep to the light. So they just keep to nothing. That's uh, another fascinating way. And it would be, 
I mean, good precedent for Luke Skywalker, right? If someone yeah. walks away, he's just like, you know what? I can't be a part of that. Yeah. And, that, and I mean, yeah. They've introduced so many characters that would make it all of this, right? We make it all of these types of stories of just all of these people questioning and some of them deciding to go to the dark or some of them recommitting to the light or some of them leaving. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And then you've got Avar Chris at the center of it. Yeah. She's, she's interesting. I don't know how you envision her, but I've seen two different drawings of her. And one is like very beautiful Gladriel sort of like Jedi. The other one was like, I don't know how to say like normal. She just looked like a girl. It was yeah. blonde hair. And I don't know. I thought that was a really cool thing. If she's, it like it, it seems sort of disingenuous and stupid if it's like I don't want Jedi Barbie, you know, mm -mm. Mm -hmm. like just make her a, a girl. But like, I, I don't know, like she's she's an interesting character that is a very specific role within the Jedi. She's like the coordinator. She's the not administrator, but she is the tonal center. She's the harmonizer, the conductor of the, the orchestra that is she's a Jedi. like she's like King Arthur, essentially in this storyline well th that's one way they could go with her and i, and yeah. I hope they d they do is she's you know the white knight but she plays a bigger role the way her like jedi powers work it's like yeah. she is there to be a leader that coordinates other people to you know form a greater power and a larger purpose and um i don't know i i it'll be interesting when and i feel like that's, that's very much borrowed from tolkien right like that's that's the Silmarillion, essentially, like her, her powers with the, with seeing the musical melodies of everything. And and maybe be, maybe her insisting on uh, taking the high road and not demonizing the Nile is basically maybe the, the, the melody she sees is only conceived of the light. And so the dark side just has no part in what she feels. And they're minor notes, man. What? Yeah. If, and so that's super start. interesting to me. That's it's interesting to me that whatever kind of melodic Jedi battle meditation she does, it's it seems like it's a pure light side thing. Yeah. Like what What's, if all she hears is like pop bright, like K-pop songs right now? Yeah. <laughs> but like suddenly it starts turning into like, you know, video. yeah, like, you know, horror core. It's like turns into, you know, even just like grunge or like something else. Like what, what happens? Sewell does a great job describing with the chimes and the kind of the the i don't know the kind of the sounds of the universe and the, the cosmos and the way in his descriptions of, of, of that character right but i like the idea right like we get in the in the prequel trilogy we get this idea of like a, the fog of the dark side kind of coming over and i do like that idea of like the music just changes for her right as the dark we side get the, the rap rock of the jedi <laughs> the minor notes coming in yeah. <laughs> the rap rock the punk if you will it, it suddenly everything gets dursts yeah, <laughs> or get, do we get some like psychobilly coming in? <laughs> that would be really bad. I mean, the grunge era of the of the force is one I'd be there for. With yeah, popcorn, definitely. But, um, but yeah, if it actually got rap rock, then we'd all be in trouble. Yikes! Oof. Glad On we that note, <laughs> <laughs> we want to talk uh, about wait, uh, the is higher... Grandmaster Veter in this issue. Vetter and uh, uh, Yoda are they in this issue, or is that the first one? I forget. What's his name? His name is like. I think so. I, uh, he, I think I think he is. Yoda's not in this one, but I think Vitor is. Now I'm saying it as a German. I Chris was like, "Are you going to jo go back to the council?" And Yoda's like, "No, like, like I'm like 
More I think that's the first the star one. hopper I I need. I, I think it was the first one. The first one coincided with the christening of Starlight Beacon. I but think. Nonetheless, we get Vanestra Rowe in this issue, which was awesome. That was so cool to see that character uh, appear just like when when uh, Keeve, uh, Avar, and Vanestra were kind of analyzing the scene further when they were all there um, in the hall. Hmm. I and missed that, that. She was drawn. Yeah. I totally missed that. Where was that? In number two, in High Republic number two. Well, yeah, where in the... <laughs> at the end, towards the end. At the end. Uh, All right. Interesting. Scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Towards the end, Vanessa Rowe. Mm-hmm. She's right at the last, second to last. Oh. So we get cross pollination of characters. Oh yeah, you're right. She's drawn yeah, way yeah, yeah. how you see her in the test of courage. Yeah, cover. yeah, good call. I don't know how I missed that the first time too through Grant. Yeah, ah, I love this. I love. I love. It's just. It's like. It's like the Marvel movies, right? Like everything just crosses over. Yeah. Um, I like the art in this issue. Uh, who's is yeah. this? Who's the artist in this one? Uh, this one is this one's uh, Ario Enedetto. Enedito, sorry. Yeah, Enedito, Enedito. Yeah, uh, incredible art, really. Mm-hmm. I like it a lot. Skier, just the emotion in Skier's face. Yeah, wow. yeah, like, yeah, great stuff. Uh, what what issue are we going to next? Uh, let's do High Republic, or sorry, the High Republic Adventures number one, Collision Course by Older, uh, Toblau. Nalty and Wood. So this is our first uh, IDW. I don't think we've actually ever covered an IDW comic before. And they've been releasing Star Wars comics for a while, but they're kind of the young adult readers. I've actually been reading and, and staying up with them, but they vary in ages, right? Like some of them are, they skew very young, others a little older. Um, so I was a little not sure what to expect from this but uh you know we've we know daniel jose older is a known entity right he wrote last shot which is such a good book it's just such a great companion piece to uh solo uh but i you know let's talk a bit about what happens in this book but i thought this was aimed more at teenagers right it's it's not written all that young at least i didn't feel like it was no there's a lot of characters to keep track of i don't think you know your five to twelve demo is going to be interested in kind of like looking at this this comic. This is definitely for you know teens. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. So I, I adored this comic. It was yeah. super fun. I mean, I really stylistically, like reader level, I I couldn't really discern this from the other ones. I guess no one got bisected by a lightsaber yet, but. um but I enjoyed the heck out of this. This was beautiful. I mean, they had like two main characters on a collision course, which is a really fun um, thing. And, you know, and then again, we get to see more Nile in the hill, whatever. Um, and they were terrifying. And it, it felt full bodied. Like it could be yeah. the, the nice ingredients for like a movie or like a series of some kind. Like it, 
it almost felt cinematic in a way in, in terms of like we're aboard this this thing called the star hopper which is fascinating it's basically yeah. a like padawan like an academic cruiser with the yeah. padawan's train right. basically are yeah. deployed on missions like a which i was like seat. that's a series i was like that's a disney plus series like this yeah the star hopper going around the galaxy and just padawans deploying you know that's that's amazing um very cool uh yoda obviously is featured in this this issue and we get lots of yoda yeah can um, we talk about the elephant yeah. in the room about yoda in this book <laughs> what's that i mean the art sings yeah, in many pages in this sing. book but just the depiction of Yoda in some areas, it is <laughs> unrecognizable. But All right, so there was some press on this before, like and a, there was he's like he's got like a squeaky clean bald head, like like me and uh, and Ben, and, and that's it's, right. It's like, soon you know, to be out of fine for you. Uh, yeah, well, because I, maybe I his lifespan at the ripe young age of seven hundred, <laughs> he you know he's he's post hair and he's keeping it tight like you and I are. But yeah. then in later years, you know, you stop caring about things like that, and it gets that scraggly old man beard going, you know, or old man hair around the side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He gets the, you know, Bernie Sanders sort of, there it is. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. it makes perfect sense to me. Interesting uh, art for, for Yoda in this issue. It, it, it's interesting because it changes <laughs> drastically from like page to page where you're like, okay, all right, now he looks like this. All right, he's yeah. now... And it's definitely a choice because the art in this book is really good. Like, it's not like it's so the artist made a choice and it's 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 a it's a choice. Um, Maybe it's even more like Stuart Freeborn than actual Yoda or um, I might be getting his name wrong. Uh, But nonetheless, it's the art in this issue is incredible. Um, uh, I was just, uh, I was stunned by the action that we got, like the set yeah. piece moments that we got. Oh, in this so issue. Great. Like, oh, this story's huge. This is incredible. Like, we get it, we get a, you know, a big cast of characters. And I think we get some of the coolest character designs, um, that I've seen in a long time. I'm thinking of like Frazala in particular. Mm-hmm. Uh, that character looks awesome. Um, yeah, hoping that character is like a part of the ensemble in an upcoming trilogy. If they do something like that, like I would love uh, an alien species to be in the main ensemble. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. Agreed. And Lula is a great character. Um, super fun to to start with that character and to see that interesting. Like, there's even like a split panel later with Zine, which is this yes. of kid on um, oh, man, Trimont. Trimont Four. Trimont Four. Good one. Rollinac City, to be specific, on Trimont Four. Yeah, I mean, I think that's how they tried to simplify it. It was like about these two characters. Yeah, Lula and Zine, and they're they're it's it's they're a dyad, right? Like they're coming together in the Force. The Force is saying you are going to you know have this parallel existence, and it's going to happen. Um. And just like the show of force from Zine at the end was so, so impactful and cool. And yeah, I felt the same thing as, as you, Grant. Just like to, to get like, yes, let's get an alien species as a main character. Yeah, like I Zine think, yeah. or Frazala. Like those characters look awesome. Put them in the main ensemble in another movie. 
I'll yeah. Uh, and so we're left at the very end with uh, them wait, being. You con- see something in the distance at the very end. Yeah, I that's think, what I was like, getting to. I think it's like yeah. elite, like Nile boss that's like walking off a, a, one of their ships. Yeah. So you have to like look into the fog. And he yeah. has like a tempest sign, like, uh, like a galactic tempest swirling over his face, like some rad, like Orakai face paint. Like, this is what I want, guys. This is what I'm. I'm I want like the Orakai of the Nile to just rain yeah. on the galaxy and a siege of Starlight Beacon that's just unlike yeah. anything we've seen before. Do you want me to potentially ruin who that is? Is it Martian Rowe? Oh, it's no, no, it's um, oh, it's uh, one uh, of the names on the tip of my tongue. Um, you know, it's one of Marsh, it's one of the Tempest Runners. It's, Tempest uh, Runners, right? Yeah, according to Wikipedia, now it's we really- all. We don't know. It could change it, but it is Martian Rowe. Okay. Which I was surprised by, because he doesn't seem like the type of person who no, would be Martian going Rowe out about. Red light in the middle of his face. That guy I... has like a tempest swirling in his middle of his face. I, I agree, Grant. I'm a little, I'll be interested to see what happens in the second episode, or second series, or second issue, because he is listed, if you go to his page on Wikipedia, is under appearances, he is slated to be appearing in High Republic Adventures 1, 2, and 3, but I don't know where they vetted this. Um, Why would he show up on a on a frontline siege like that? That's like, my question. Doesn't seem very much. No road. space and just like talk yeah. to you know leaders Most lead the from the front. Tech-a. That's what I'm saying. But I, he might. I be thought it was Martian when I saw it, and well, it, I think it's kind of cool actually that the yeah. they made his first visual appearance in like IDW. Um, yeah, that's pretty wild. That'll be like, yeah, Yo, you should check this out too because. People like us are going to read it. We're like normally. Yeah, I want to see that. I want to see that like that that mead hall in no space where they all hang out. Yeah, what does that yeah. look like? That's what. I, yeah, yeah. I definitely want to see that. And it's like, where is no space? By the way. Yeah, where is it? We we had our episode last week on Alien Worlds, and I like I don't think we brought up no space. I think for like a couple minutes, but we like we we gave up instantly because there really is. There's no way, there's nowhere to look in the galaxy. There's no real reference points, right? When they talk about yeah. no space, the point is that it's just on the fringes and right. lost right. beyond I mean, the galaxy. I mean, and it could be on like a separate plane, you know? I mean, if, if yeah. really they travel on a separate plane to do hyperspace, it could be like a stasis point on another plane. Like, I, I don't know. Yeah. Do this... you think it's in the like west of the core where it's like, I think it's in the wormhole. I think it's on like another like dimension. It's in the in the space between reality. Like that's maybe kind there's of, a, yeah, there's first, kind but, of like yeah, figurative yeah. prose in there that kind of hints at stuff like that. But because it, the, like, it could have been near like Exegol or in the unknown. You know, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, but the Santeca navigator, like we haven't really explored what she's doing. Like they sort of talked about it in a roundabout wind talker way where it's like, oh, yeah. She just cross cuts hyperlands um, and picks her own things at random. But, you know, there's not a lot of science behind it. So I don't know. It, to me, it felt like she was traveling on a different plane, but sort of intersected other planes. And I don't know. That's where it could be. I, I would allow that. You know, it's yeah. sort of like when they start being the time travel stuff. I'm like, OK. And I don't really want to see a multiverse in Star Wars either. It's already big enough as is. Right. It doesn't need a multiverse. Yeah. Uh, agreed. Um, but. Uh, you know, if they went some science 
sciencey way with the hyperlane math like that would be that would be pretty cool for me yeah i just think it's somewhere I, I i'm kind of with you grant i mean there's it's a big enough galaxy as we talked about last week there's plenty of places that could be place i mean maybe it's out in wild space right maybe it's actually right. somewhat past the rim the, the border of the galaxy could be super far away too and they're just using their paths to like get to the galaxy right it seems like yeah. they can kind of instantaneously jump yeah yeah word it's pretty interesting it feels like this is an extrapolation of the last jedi in a lot of ways with like the the holdo maneuver and the supremacy and like yeah going hyperspace into things and like the devastation that can mm-hmm. bring and like it seems like that's been weaponized by the nile yeah they even teased it a little bit in Rogue One where like um, Darth Vader's uh, Star Destroyer came out of hyperspace like right in front of a troop transport and just like destroyed it. Right. It would be, right. you know, like, I mean, that was a really powerful scene. It was like, boom, and just yeah, like, like things are exploding. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then like yeah. there's a boarding party and suddenly those like imperial like uh, shuttles don't look so innocuous. You're like, oh, there's a murderer <laughs> on that. <laughs> you don't want to let that doc shoot that out of the sky. Um, More. Yeah, that's a pre-course. <laughs> yeah. <More! laughs> oh, that is the great. Crix is not happy about zine using the force and you lied to me yeah Yeah. he was i didn't expect that yeah it is some drama in there she's a great character and so is lula i can't wait to see where those two go but it was like she like zine looks like star killer like force ability which is super fun she's like yeah she's like suspending an asteroid above the planet yeah she's very powerful yeah and then like lula walks up it's i mean the parallel storytelling was i don't know it was just beautiful the like split screen the whole like time it was a really really great comic it's one of the most fun i've had reading a comic in a while and just quick shout out to court and bibs who are two other padawans that were alien yeah yeah i'm excited to see more of these padawan in uh the future episode their future issues Right. So I haven't really I've been looking I watched uh, read this on comiXology or whatever. And now suddenly I can't reopen the book I just read. Who was the Jedi Master with Yoda? He had a really cool name. Vitor. Vitor. Uh, No, you're thinking of Torben Buck. Oh, Torben Buck. That was the guy. And he's uh, like Masa Meda. I forget the name. Chagrian. Some I think so. I think Uh, it's the species. But uh, he also has a nickname we heard during the buckets of blood. Buckets of blood. Oh, he's buckets of blood. He is. Yeah. Oh, nice. That makes sense. I was like Torben buckets. Funny with a guy with like with like bull horns, mm-hmm. you know, because those Chagrin, they have like two sets of horns or whatever. He's buckets of blood. Yeah. Oh, I haven't revealed it yet. So spoilers. But yeah, that's his nickname. All right. So we, we got that from the uh, opening phone call reveal uh yeah promo with all the authors and uh, daniel jose alder revealed he was his favorite character because he actually knew he worked on an emt team an emt named buckets of blood and he was just apparently would just over the radio identify himself as buckets of blood and i don't think they ever met who that person was yeah 
Right. And he's like, well, yeah, obviously you're this Chagrin Jedi master named Bucket of Blood. <laughs> uh, that's, yeah, that'll be super fun. Nice. Um, all right. And then we have a short story, right? Yeah. Uh, in Star Wars Insider, I think 201. Uh, sure. Right, we we referenced the map from this episode in our last episode. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. This it's is a, a great short story to read if you kind of read The Light of the Jedi, but you forget the names of all the ships. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, so it's interesting. So this is um, The High Republic Starlight Go Together Part 2 by Charles Sewell, who wrote The Light of the Jedi. And the first part is is a prequel to Light of the Jedi. So it's these two uh, two engineers who work on Starlight Beacon who have to husband like husband and wife team husband and wife team who has to solve a problem and at Pika the very and end joss Pika and joss thank you and at the very end of that they get called on to go Wait, out and where is this out. video game by the way i need the joss and Pika adrian like video game like these characters remind me of kyle katarn and uh oh i thought you meant Dan, just running Dan around Orch. the station and you have to like take care of minor issues um so the first issue they get called out to basically fight in the giant battle we see in uh light of the jedi and this second part is the after report right they're basically well, called to ask they didn't only survive the battle of kerr they were yeah. there at hetzel when you know the legacy yeah. run disaster happened and they maneuvered there and then they again showed prowess against the nile in uh the battle of kerr and uh and this is afterwards where they're being called to a meeting with chancellor so yeah, and the Chris and Admiral Cronara, yeah, Cronara of the Third Horizon. Yeah, and basically the question is, how did you two survive? Yeah, <laughs> right. They're like Which so great answers to that, right? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, yeah. you don't believe we're just that good? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know what Joss says, but it's it's yeah. like classic Han. It is very much so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A lot of swagger there and they're just like yeah and so we get for some reason this insider series is following pika and joss and they're just like a husband and wife that want to go on vacation but like you know they keep getting called back into battle and they might actually get it after this which is nice to get their their vacation together but they're tinkerers that was what i think joss described them as and yeah. um, they so they modded the lancer this like jedi lancer which is an awesome ship i love this design so much yeah, the long beam oh the long beam right right yeah. right right uh sorry i said lancer long beam thank you um and uh yeah and they're like oh yeah we noticed this is whatever and they're like you know the they have the it's called the regional defense corps i think rdc mm -hmm. the republic and, um, defense corps republic defense corps thank you and um that's their like sort of nominal militia that defends the galaxy and you know they that's their army or military and you know they broke all the protocols because they you know too much swagger they're too swashbuckly and do whatever but uh well, it like, was Pika I is like an expert slicer right like she yeah. apparently like sliced into the long beam and yeah. like there's great descriptions of like she somehow like freed the all the thrusters from the AI or from like the right. computer and like allowed like like more movement and versatility and then then the controls loosened up and like it's just great descriptions of like how the long beam and like I, I almost saw it visually like if it was a movie you could yeah see you can see like how someone could slice into the ship and then the ship would start yeah. moving differently and flow yeah. and like you know, and apparently. This is kind of what just Pika does for fun whenever she's in something new. Like she just 
immediately slices it and starts looking at the codes it's to so figure stuff out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's another level of depth to the whole slicer, you know, role in Star Wars. And they're making it real, you know, for us. It's like they're real hackers. They're like, well, what is the well, code that's a Disney say? ride too, right? Like you're like in the ride, like the ship's moving like it normally would. And then like the character slices into the ship and then yeah. it starts doing all these yeah. crazy gyroscopic kind of movements. Um, so funny when Admiral Cronara is like, so you broke our ship to save our ship? And they're yeah. like, yeah. Yeah. And he, yeah. Like, he's like, all right. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I just, I, this makes me, I'm very glad that they brought back short fiction into Star Wars Insider because it's, it's, I mean, it's, I just like short fiction sometimes, like not to again reference Stephen King, but some of his best work is his short story work because you know, it's hard to write a 400 page novel. Like, I don't think of, I don't think a 400 page novel would sustain, would be sustained with these characters, right? Right. But this yeah. is a great five, 10 page story, right? You get a different view that you wouldn't get in a long form narrative. Um, and I think moving forward, we're going to get more of these. I think the, in the next issue, which I think is 201, this is actually issue 200. Next issue is 201 next month. And that's Kevin Scott. So Kevin Scott has his uh, short story called First Duty. And I think based on the like the the <laughs> the reveal event, um, we're going to start focusing on different people who work on Starlight Beacon. So we're going to get kind of an understanding of what the day to day life is on Starlight Starlight Beacon based on different people's you know jobs. I, I wonder how much of this is just smoke, because I, I really you know, there's going to be synergy across all these. Oh, yeah. Uh, eventually. But I don't see how it's going to come together at this point. And I love that. I love that. Yeah. It's just, you know, they're like, oh, no, these people are cool for this reason. And the Jedi are doing this. And these Jedi yeah. have these proclivities and the dark side's creeping. And it's they're setting a very wide stage right now um, for a lot of really fun stories to be played well, out. on. I think it would be nice if these stories mattered in some way. Like at the end of this short story, we get we get the we get this notion that Pika has volunteered both Joss and her for uh, to serve the Republic after their vacation. Yeah. yeah. Two weeks yeah. after that. Like they're going to come back into the fold in some yeah. way. Does that mean when Kevin Scott picks up in the mainline novels that he brings them back? Because in this short story from the insider, we know that they will come rejoin back. the efforts against yeah. the nine. I, like, like yeah. it's, it, I wish we could, you know, at least we, at least it could help us speculate or it could, like, it's fun for fans to kind of have more, you know, ancillary material that they can then compare with the, right. the novels and the other kind of uh, the other media. I mean, I have to think that this task force, quote unquote, that they're putting together to investigate whether the My Nile still exists is going to play a major role in all the books that are coming out. Yeah. I mean, they're, this is they're central to, to the what's going on. Yeah. Things. And they're two interesting characters to just say goodbye to. Right. Like they yeah. seem like they're fun to write. And I would think the writers would want to keep them around they've right. seen a lot they've seen a lot of the main story yeah yeah all right well i think we did it for this week um that's our high republic segment um love all this content can't wait to do some more of it um next week i think we're going to catch up on some comics yeah and talk about some other things that are tv determined <laughs> um thanks everyone for listening to us again this week um, and you know, so great time.
We'll uh, talk to you next week. And may the force be with you. This is Grex Kondak signing off. For the latest breaking news, follow at Core World News on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you and good night. Remember, the force will be with you always. <laughs>